Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path, with me, your host, Cherokee. So my guest today can be spotted from a mile away by not only her bright pink hair, but also her megawatt smile. Kelly Eden is an artist, a model, a sometimes cosplayer, a super fun, goofy human, and a friend. Today, we are going to be talking to Kelly about her life as an artist and taking some of your questions as well. Hi, Kelly. Hi. It's so nice that you're actually in front of me. I know. <laughs> you're going by Cherokee now. Yeah, I'm trying to like ease out of Cherry Doll. I'll always be Cherry Doll Face, but I feel like I want people to like know me as a human too. Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah. I've always liked that name. It's really like Thanks. classy and elegant. Kelly is very well known online for being a model and cosplay stuff and all the pretty stuff. But we are not talking about that today because the more interesting part of you is your artistry. And I think it's something that... Well, People know more of it now because you're putting more of your art on there. But I think for a long time, people didn't realize that you're a fine artist. Yeah, it's something that I always kind of kept in my back pocket. Um, and that's mainly because, and this is going to sound like so pathetic and like poor me, but it's kind of true. Um, I, I mean, people have always not really cared so much about my art. As, as they want to see your pretty face. Yeah. Who well, <laughs> on you for being so beautiful? <laughs> no, I totally get that. I get. I, I have friends that do various arts or services or whatever, and they get mad because their normal posts will get, you know, small amounts of likes, and then they'll post a selfie, and the selfie will get, like, 5,000 oh, yeah. likes, where they're like, but it's not about my face, it's about my... Like, I have girlfriends that tattoo or whatever that are beautiful, but they don't want to be the face of their business. Yeah. So it can be frustrating, Yeah, for sure. it can, especially when it's, like you know, something that you are so like something that you produced from your soul that took hours and hours and hours, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I would like to say the likes and the attention doesn't count. But unfortunately, in this it world, it does. It yeah. absolutely does. And, and it's sad when that gets bypassed for, you know, again, a selfie. Yeah. So you went to an arts high school. I, you know, I actually didn't know you were from Denver. Yeah, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 23. Okay, so like last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> so you went to an art school but were you like was art always in you like as a little kid yeah I mean it's um it's always the way that I knew how to express myself best mm -hmm. it was always kind of like that fire in my heart that um I just always knew that I was good at it mm -hmm. yeah you are good at it oh, your art you. astounds me your eyeball paintings are like I just, I like when watching when you make videos. You made a, one the other day, mm -hmm. just you mixing your paint colors. I was like, I could watch this all day. <laughs> <laughs> but you also have a bachelor's degree in art. I do. I, I regret the bachelor's degree, so by the way. <laughs> so I did a podcast a few episodes back about turning art into a career, mm -hmm. just like art in general, like whether it's theater or makeup or fine art or whatever. And a little bit of what I brushed over was if you need a degree and if you need formal education to be an artist, because there's always that like, shouldn't I just do it? But then there's the, but is that, does that give you a foot in the door? Well, did you, did you draw a conclusion? Well, I'm not a career artist. So uh -huh. for me, like I can only really just kind of ponder about it, but talking to somebody that actually is an artist, you feel like it was a waste. Oh, a complete waste. Yeah. It's a complete scam um, mm. with a predatory loan that will never go away. Sorry, that's just college in the States. Yeah. Um, I mean, short answer, um, 
if you are in fine arts, do not go to college. Yeah. You could spend that money going to Rome and studying the art masters, um, taking different seminars from successful artists and actually making connections. Mm-hmm. My general perspective on being an artist is like either you're going to be an artist or you're not. Same yeah. thing, like people spend all this money for these like musician institutes to mm-hmm. be rock stars, which is like, no, if you're going to be a rock star, you're going to be a rock star. Yeah. The art high school, though, uh, was life changing. It was amazing. Um, and actually, it was even better and more educational um, toward my skill and technique than college ever was. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I don't know if I would be as bitter about my college experience had it not been so cripplingly expensive. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, college, I was just reading something, the average yearly college tuition right now. You want to take a guess? Do you know? 40000 80. is the average yearly. The interest rates are so So high. high. So I have to tell you, I just bought a car last week. Congratulations. Thank you. And I have really, really good credit. But also because of COVID, interest rates are crazy low right now. Mm -hmm. The interest rate on my car was 0.9%. Oh, wow. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? They were like, if you go the full length of the loan and like don't pay it off early, you'll pay $275 in interest (laughs) for my car loan. That's great. So anybody listening, if you want to buy a car and you have good credit, go buy a car right now. Interest is crazy low. So the other thing that I read, which I also didn't, I feel like I learned so many things stalking you on the internet that I never know. Kelly and I have been friends. I think it has been almost 10 years. Really? So it's funny, I've known you this long and we've been friends and there's so many things I didn't know about you. But but the one thing I found out was that you apprenticed to be a tattoo artist when you lived in Denver. Another thing I regret. Yeah, so what <laughs> happened to that plan? Um, so this is um, something that I wanted to do while I was going to college. And I thought, well, I have a little bit of free time. Man, the energy that you have when you're young. Oh my God. I would do anything to have that The back of- that you have that <sighs> doesn't ever get sore. I know. I just, I was such... Uh, a force to be reckoned with, with the energy that I had. So I took on a apprenticeship while I was in college and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a tattoo artist. This will go great with my degree. Um, I was very young and very just naive when I got into a very predatory shop. Mm. Um, Especially back then being a female tattooer. Oh, so yeah. many of my girlfriends I knew were like, I can't get into a shop unless I want to bang everybody that works there. Yeah. And they, otherwise they won't apprentice me. You know what? I'm surprised that I got out of that shop untouched because everybody was trying to get Mm -hmm. it. I did finish the apprenticeship and was um, working solo, but just there was so many things that happened that just really finally pushed me over the edge. It's such a male dominated industry and it's just so unfair. And I don't even know if it's changed really. I don't know if it has either. I think the one thing that has changed is there's a lot of female owned shops now so if you can get into those shops it's great but I do still think that like going to like tattoo conventions and like all the stuff that's like industry based is still a boys club yeah I hate I think it it is yeah makes me sick oh makes me so sad that you went through that I know I know and I, I can just, imagine you're you would have been such a good tattooer I, I think about it a lot yeah. you know sometimes when I'm painting um I'll have kind of like weird little flashbacks to like what Needles. it was like tattooing yeah and I don't know, who knows, but like it's, it's neither here nor there. And it's not something that, um, I really miss just because of the industry. Like if I were to ever do it again, I would have like my own private studio where I don't have to deal with people. Yeah. I mean, I used to manage a tattoo shop, so you did, I've managed a couple of them actually at yeah, true tattoo. That's like right around the corner in a nutshell. How was your experience? The old owner of true was full misogynist. Mm. He was like the old school tattooer. Like if you fall asleep, I'm going to tattoo whatever I want. Like, so he did still have that 
attitude of full misogyny. Like, you're just a woman. What do you know? Like, yeah. it was fully that. You know what's funny is, like, that's such a common personality trait in these tattooers mm-hmm. where, like, their whole personality is I am tattooed and I am a dick. Mm-hmm. But I will say they are the most emotionally sensitive men that I have oh ever met in my life. Totally. When I quit, he pulled the, you can't quit, you're fired. And I'm like, no, but I, <laughs> but I just quit. <laughs> like, you don't understand how this works. But it was, it was the, like, I had hurt his ego. So... You left tattooing. Mm-hmm. You left Denver to come here to pursue your modeling career. Do you feel that that was a mistake? Do you feel like if you had it kept with the art, you would be somewhere else? Or do you feel like you're glad you did modeling? It's one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. and Good. Probably, yeah, probably one of the most brave things. And this is kind of sad, but I decided to leave after my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, So he had like all these health problems and, you know, I was kind of in this dysfunctional family um, living in my mom's basement with no carpet on the floors, you know, cement floors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, had to do it. It it was not something I really planned. I just kind of just did it. That was me when I moved here, too. Mm -hmm. It was like the scariest and most exciting thing I ever did. Yeah, when you're in your 20s, like, the whole world is ahead of you, and it's scary, but it's, like, so exciting. Yeah. It really is terrifying. Like, financially, emotionally, like, it is so... It's it's one hell of a ride. Man, those first two years, first three years, so hard. hard. Oh, my God. I remember crying. And I remember, (laughs) so my parents moved away when I was 15, so I never really lived with my mom as an adult. Mm -hmm. But I remember thinking my first year living here, like, I might have to move. And I've never lived in Colorado. I grew up in Portland. So I was like, I might have to leave the city I love and go live with my mom. And I'm almost 30. (laughs) (laughs) It was just this, like, oh, I just remember thinking, like, it's never going to get better. And then one day, it's just like the clouds part. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing. Isn't it crazy, though, to think of all those moments where you almost gave up? Like, all those moments where, like, fear and despair just, like, were looking you in the eyes Mm -hmm. and you almost turned around and went home. Or, like, you think that the world is giving you more than you can handle and, like, you think it's just going to keep coming. And then at one point, like, the world hands you, like, a little sliver of something good. And then you're (laughs) like, oh, there's some hope in there. Do you feel like you're in the right place? Uh, Well, I'm definitely in a a place that I did not think I was going to be. And I, I think that I'm in a point... Um, in my life where things are really changing. Mm-hmm. You know those conversations with you that you have with people that maybe you've known your entire life, but you've just, you guys don't click. Like you have nothing in common. So totally. it's so painfully awkward. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm having that conversation with, with myself yourself. all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a normal thing most humans go through as we like go through the phases of aging and changing. Because I think when you're young, life is just about being exciting and what's next and then when you start to age and you settle a little bit in your bones and then it's like wait but like who am I what do I want I mean I did it when I got my skincare studio before I went to aesthetic school like I can't tour forever yeah like who am I what do I really want to do (laughs) so another thing I know you used to be super into is cosplay Mm -hmm. is there a reason you don't do that as much anymore it's expensive ah true yeah it's so expensive um yeah, it's it's one of those things where it was a big passion. I was obsessed with it because yeah. I love anime. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up with anime. It was like my number one passion, the thing that kind of just got me through all those awkward teen years. And something that I've always wanted to do is like kind of be in the like anime. Like a human anime. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I always think of you as that uh, cartoon way. girl. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, cosplay was always that the closest way I could connect with kind of like being part or like feeling like I am in those shows. I'm a little burnt out. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a little too expensive. 
obviously we're in a pandemic and there's no conventions. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's fun. I'll probably do it, you know, here and there in the future. But right now it's like, Oh God, I'm so tired of mm-hmm. like the hour of putting on makeup and the wigs and then the costume. And then my feet are aching as I'm walking around. Yeah, I'm tired. Totally. No, I get, I mean, I feel the same way with just like pinup. I think I'm going to chop all my hair off next week. Oh, when I go in. because it's like, I have all this hair and it's great for pinup styles, but I don't do pinup styles anymore. Cause they're, time consuming and I'm just not that person really anymore so I you just kind of move on from stuff I get it isn't it crazy growing out of what kind of was defined you (laughs) yes so before I was ever into like vintage or pinup like I came from like punk goth like that whole thing and that's kind of what I'm gravitating back towards I'm never gonna be like a polo wearing Chanel loving (laughs) I'm not ever gonna be like a normie I just wear black all the time and I, I've kind of like reverted back to how I dressed way before the pinup stuff. I fucking hate corsets. Let me tell you. I hate them too. They're, I, my ribs like protrude out. And so if I wear a corset too long, my spine starts to hurt because it like crunches my ribs. People that are like, oh, but once they're seasoned, I'm like, no, mm-mm, no, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. And like the people who are like, oh, corset training. No, it no. is, it is not good for you to be you need in a your corset. organs to yes. breathe <laughs> it's, it's not good and like even if you corset train you might get a little shape for a little while but it's not permanent we evolve that's the beauty of being a human <laughs> so i did a podcast with my mom and my sister when i went back to denver for christmas oh. and in it my sister was like i have a question what's your net worth have you ever looked up your net worth oh, and geez. i was like i haven't have you ever looked up your net worth um i only saw my net worth on one of like I think it was um, Famous Birthdays or some sort of website like that. Mm-hmm. It was wrong. <laughs> Do you it was remember very what it said? wrong. I feel like it said something like 500000 Oh, okay. And I don't know if they realized that the student loan debt is putting me in the negative. <laughs> totally. They're not, they're not factoring in your bills yeah. and your rent in Hollywood. Uh-huh. Why did you look it up? <laughs> so I looked up yours. I looked up mine when I was on the podcast with my mom and my sister and we were laughing so hard. So your net worth as of now is $1 million. <laughs> do you think that's funny? You want to know my net worth? Yeah, I do. $101 million. <laughs> So like, wait, wait, where did they get the estimate though? Where's the evidence? No idea. My mom's like, where's my house? Why haven't you bought me a house yet? <laughs> like, God damn it. Net worth. I shouldn't have looked it up. Now my family thinks I'm rich. I was going to ask this question, but I think you just answered it with our previous conversation. Disney anime or Pokemon? Well, I mean, anime and Pokemon are kind of, the is it the same thing? Okay. I would say the same thing, but I'll <laughs> say anime. Yeah. Disney's okay. Oh, okay. I, ha- I have some, I have some issues, mm. but um, no, I the like problematicness of Disney a little bit. And I, I will just say, I've just never been a Disney adult. Um, mm. And that's not to knock. No, no, no I'm are. the same. Like I was obsessed with Disney as a kid and now I'm like, oh, yeah, Disney's cool, but I'm not like a trying to dress up like a princess. Yeah. I will say the, um, the Disney adult obsession is very new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I only knew existed after I moved to Los Angeles. Oh, it's so big here. It's huge. Because Disneyland is here. Like all the Disney gangs mm-hmm. with their like vests and their patches. It's cute. Like sometimes I see it. I'm like, Oh, I want to be a part of that. But then I'm like, Oh, like I feel like I wouldn't fit in. I don't really know as much as these people do. Totally. I'm not sure if it was true. I, th- I thought the last thing I heard is if you did go in costumes that are inspired by, you will get kicked out. But oh. I will say at Tokyo Disney, it anybody can go in whatever they want. I can't imagine that they're going to tell any Japanese person that they can't. No, like, and their costumes are Disney. so immaculate, like Japanese, beautiful. I mean, uh, the Japanese rockabillies of Viva were always my favorite. Aww. Like the little Japanese rockabilly girls, they would always just wear everything all at once. Like 
a hair scarf and a flower and socks with shoes and a skirt with a giant petticoat with a belt with a brooch with a, like they just it, they're like the Harajuku girls yeah it's, it sounds like it's very pinup deco totally hmm. and it's like very just like I want to wear all this stuff all the time because I'm really excited about this thing and they it was funny because I was like wow I have a lot of Japanese followers because they always ask to take pictures of you and then I realized like they just love taking pictures of everything like they're so excited at Viva to like they're taking pictures of like the slot machines and, and I'm like oh I'm not that exciting I guess they just <laughs> want to take pictures of everyone and everything but I just love the enthusiasm in Japanese culture of yeah. like of whatever their subcultures are I have three questions I ask everybody okay. in all of my podcasts, so I'm going to ask you these. The first one is, what makes your life unconventional? My my answer would have been different four years ago, okay. if, if you can read between the lines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because the things that I thought were conventional are... Have changed. Have changed. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Because you think that what is mainstream or safe or even conservative... Mm-hmm. When it all goes away or it flips... Yeah. Flips. (laughs) (laughs) If someone were to ask me, like, why are you unconventional? Like, yeah, I would say, like, I don't have a regular job. I I paint for a living. I paint my entire house and transform it into... You paint paint your paintbrushes. I I do. I saw that on your Instagram. (laughs) Her paintbrushes are all, like, pastel candy colors. (laughs) Yeah, everything's got to be the the aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. See, it wasn't that hard. Okay. (laughs) It doesn't have to be that deep. No anxiety here. So now I'm going to give you more anxiety. What makes your life conventional? Ah, <laughs> when I it? conform to capitalism, <laughs> even though I know it's bad. <laughs> well, that's perfect. <laughs> is your relationship conventional? It is so conventional yeah, see, there and you monogamous go. <laughs> <Yes>. and healthy. <laughs> well, that is unconventional. The last one is name three positive things in your life. And again, it doesn't have to be big sweeping things. They can just be little things too. Okay. Well, um, on that note, I will say my boyfriend, Stefan... Um, is very positive Good. and healthy and safe. And between you and me, I think he bought a ring. <gasps> I what? Know. Oh, you better tell me when he proposes. I will. Oh, I I'm very ring. excited because now it's like a waiting game. Like I know it's coming. I just don't know when. Did you Did you pick the ring out, or do you? Did he like? He's I picked you. the designer out. Oh. So there's a designer that goes by the name of Be So Lovely. Uh-huh. I hope I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> um, and she does. Um, anime inspired like magical girl rings she's great do you think it'll be normal diamonds or colored well i told him i don't want a diamond Mm, um there's um a stone called moissanite it's it looks more clear but it's way more sparkly than a diamond it's harder and more long lasting than a diamond and it comes from meteors that is magical it is so magical amazing yeah diamonds are garbage (laughs) well i still love diamonds but i don't really care that they're diamonds i just want things that sparkle Sparkle. yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) second thing would be my artistic ability Mm -hmm. um whether it is you know decorating my home pink head to toe or painting Mm -hmm. portraits um or painting your face painting my face (laughs) um or i don't know if you've ever seen my um barbie soap operas Oh my god, they're so <laughs> funny. She does these Barbie soap operas, but you use your like little anime guys, yeah. And she does these like, he's breaking up with me, and it's like all dramatic, and then it like goes to the anime guy, and then you like make little subtitles. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm making a movie right now. Oh my god, how long is it? It's well, it's only ten minutes. Well, that's a long time in like anime soap opera time. Yeah, or Barbie soap opera time. So it, it's gonna come out soon, but um, a friend of mine uh, is working on it with me. His name's uh, Zach Villa. He's actually an American horror story. He was, oh, cool. Yeah, so he's been helping 
produce it and help me do the voices for everything. So that's coming out. So I'm really excited about it. I'm very excited to see it. I love your little soap operas. Thank you. That's the thing that I have loved through COVID about TikTok is I feel like for me personally, it's made me get excited about making content again Mm -hmm. because I get excited about making like just stupid shit. Like I just want to make things that are funny. I I noticed too in your videos, like you don't really wear makeup. Like you don't really care about that. It's about like what the content is about. It's about like making people laugh and enjoy something. And that's, like what TikTok awoke back in me. Yeah, I love TikTok yeah, uh, for so many reasons. But yeah, it's, it's nice to just get like 30 seconds of joy or give 30 seconds of joy to other people. I love TikTok. Him and I get sucked into the Oh, tic- dude, it's such He'll an addiction. He'll be like, oh, my neck is, I got a crick in my neck. Yeah. I stop watching <laughs> TikTok. Too, I have to go to the chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. Okay, one more positive okay, thing. Okay, one more positive thing. Um, you know, I feel like it would be the friends that I made on Twitch. I haven't talked about oh, Twitch yeah, the entire you do time. Twitch. You're yeah. also a gamer girl, too. Uh, yes, yeah. I am. See, I do all these different things that so I feel like things. it's so hard to like really nail exactly what I do. But um, I started doing Twitch um, you know, when lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. And I this is the first time that I felt like I became friends with my fan base. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like, I mean, there's a handful of girls who follow me who, like, now have my number and we, like, text each other regularly. Like, it's been so rewarding and, like, soothing to know that, like, I've been able to, like, make friends in an unconventional way. Yeah. On brand. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, you never let that line be blurred with uh, friendships, especially with, like, fans. Mm -hmm. But it's it's been wonderful. I have a friend. She followed me. And she was going through aesthetic school the same time I was. And we finished, like, right as COVID was happening. So our test dates for state board were, like, at the same time. But they got pushed off because COVID closed everything down. So we started messaging and then it would be like, did you get your date yet? Did you get your date yet? Then we would like talk shit about aesthetic stuff. And we just started talking like every day through Instagram. And then one day I was like, here's my phone number. This is stupid. We're like texting each other through Instagram messenger. And then now her and I text almost every day, at least every other day. But same thing. It's like, you don't usually let people in. I'm very guarded. Same. Cause you never know people that like want to know you as a human or people that just want to like take a selfie with Jerry Dollface or Kelly. Eden. Yeah. Well, I think I'm sure you've had this experience too. just being a young woman who started so young mm-hmm. on their career online. Like you've probably been exposed to certain people who became very dangerous mm-hmm. very quickly. And once that happens, like you learn from that. And so Absolutely. you are just so guarded from then on. I've had people, cause I'm the kind of person that if I meet a girl that I click with, I'm like, come be my friend, come to all my girls nights. Like I'm really open Same. that way. And I've met people like that. I've had people tag my house, like oh. on geotags, like, girls night at cherry Dollface's house and i'm like you can't do that like when somebody has a following like even people that don't have a following you shouldn't be tagging your house ever in a geotag so i think those are the things you learn really quickly but there is the positivity of when you find those unexpected friends yeah especially the- when you you feel alone you know yeah cool you had good positive ones those were unique ones thanks fam okay so i asked for questions from the interwebs for you specifically so we have six of them are you ready I'm ready. At Lexi Diaz 46 asked, oh, and anybody that submitted questions, you will be credited in my contributors. So if I say anything wrong, I am sorry. If anybody wants to contribute to uh, questions or uh, stories of my future podcast for my future podcast, follow me on my socials. I am at the cherry doll face on everything. Also, if you want to follow Kelly, you are at Kelly Eden on everything, right? On everything. Unless it's like, if I got there too late, like on TikTok, Ugh. it's 
uh, Kelly Eden official. That's why I'm the cherry doll face because oh. I tried to get it on YouTube and some stupid jerk had already taken and it. And there's always somebody who doesn't even use their account. And it's somebody that's like not even related to anything you do. I'm like, okay, I get like, I, I could appreciate your grind if you're like trying to be like an impersonation account or something. But if you're just like some broad in Minnesota taking pictures of your dog and you stole cherry doll face, how dare you? Or Kelly Eden. I always tell people, I'm like, I'm not so douchey that I have to be the cherry doll face. It's literally like, that was the only Yeah, that's the only choice. My email is the only cherry doll face for the same (laughs) reason, because somebody took the cherry doll face. I'm like, God, I'm just getting douchier and douchier. Yeah. Um, Okay. Anyways, Lexi Diaz asks, what is your favorite medium to work with? Oh, an art? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's got to be oil painting. I feel like that's mostly what you do, right? Yeah. I mean, there's just no other... You're so good at it. Thank you. make you. things look so real. Like you're like when you do that self portrait, you've done a couple. I think there's one you have an eye patch. It's an ear patch. It's oh, that's a, right. It's the Van Gogh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That the way you do people and people are freaking hard. They are, and I'm just I'm I'm really trying to get better. You're so hard on yourself too. Well, I just know that there's so like there's so much opportunity for growth. You know, well, there always is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean what you're making is bad. But I also see, like, what it is now, and I see what I want it to be. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. Totally. Do you work with other mediums? Do you do, like, watercolors or sculpting or, like, anything else? I've tried about everything, you know, yeah. such as the nature of going through um, art, art school. school. But um, there's just nothing that hit me the same way as oils. Yeah. Well, your thing is, like, your realism is your thing. I don't think that there's anything that captures realism like oil does. Yeah, sometimes you can do it with um, graphite, like, pencil drawings. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Da Vinci did that, like, his little pencil drawings. Yeah, he was great. I mean, Da Vinci, whatever. He's he's no Kelly (laughs) Fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, at X Haley Horror X asks, what other artistic things do you enjoy doing? So, um... Aside of painting, I think that like almost everything I do is kind of like an artistic self-expression. So we talked about my, um, you know, my Barbie soap operas Mm -hmm. um, and also like the way that I decorate my house, um, things that I do on TikTok. Like I love doing skits. Mm -hmm. I love um, telling stories in any sort of avenue that I can, especially if they're like comedic with a sense of drama. And I think the beauty of video now with social media because before like myspace days or early facebook or instagram days it was all pictures so all we were to people were just pretty faces and i feel the same way too like i feel like i have a big goofy personality and i want people to see that and you're so much the same you're so funny and silly and i think in your pictures you're so beautiful and so serious but i don't think that that's a representation of you as a human because i think it's all a performance like even Mm -hmm. just modeling is a performance Mm -hmm. like i always say that like to be a good model you have to be kind of a good actor because you have to evoke like your emotion and what like tell a story with your uh your figure and your face your you know your expressions Mm -hmm. um and same with like just doing like 30 second little videos on tiktok it's all about like telling a story in you know whatever amount of uh time or like space that you can Mm -hmm. for me too like doing that because i do my thing on tiktok is makeup fails so I just like do like the things we can all relate to I've seen them (laughs) sneezing and your mascara gets on your cheeks or like whatever but I also feel less stress of like being cherry doll face I feel like I can just be like a silly goofy it's like the time you can like let it all go and it doesn't matter what you look like or if people even like it because you had fun doing it yeah I think that's why most creators are really finding um a lot of 
I want to say therapeutic, but that's not right. But like there, it is true though. It is a little yeah, form of therapy you just can, to like be yourself. For yeah. Once. Just unwind a little bit and stop being the like perfect polished brand. And even if you post something that's cringy or stupid or not, everybody is going to like, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it just feels very nice. It kind of feels like that's what social media should have kind of been about the mm-hmm. entire time. Yeah. That's my hot take. No, I'm totally with you. And I get comments so often from people that follow me that are like, I love these videos you do. They're so relatable. When I, people tell me I'm relatable, I'm like, yes. Like, I, it's nice to be told you're beautiful and you're, I hate when people hashtag goals. Like, oh, hashtag yeah. me as goals. It's like, just makes me feel so bad because I know it makes them feel bad. But when people say you're funny, you're relatable, like you made me laugh, like those are the comments that I'm like, yes, I've made it. Because we both feel good in that situation. Yeah, exactly. I never, ever want anything I put out there to make someone feel bad about Mm -hmm. themselves, ever. But I think that's why it's important to do the other content where you're makeup free or being silly or goofy or people see like, oh, you got a little roll under your bra or whatever it is, you know, like you're still a human being. So J-Lo came out and said that she'd never had Botox before, and that made me laugh a lot. Oh, come on. Uh, Right? Like, just be honest. Okay, so, like, something you just said, like, you said, I don't want to make anybody feel bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's tough because, like, you and I get skincare... I don't know if you've gotten plastic oh, all surgery. The free stuff. Okay. I haven't had, but I've had fillers. Okay. Yeah. So like I, I've been very open with like different procedures that I've had beca- yeah. because of that thing. I don't want to be JLo and say that, I, oh, I'm just, yeah. I'm born this way. Absolutely. Maybe it's Maybelline, you know? hundred percent. Um, I feel like it's just so much more beneficial for everybody if you're just honest about mm-hmm. it, which unfortunately I think is going to make people feel bad about themselves or maybe make them want that thing that mm-hmm. you got, but... Anyway, that's my tangent. I mean, we're all just in the same struggle. Like, especially as females, we're all in the same self-esteem struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a female alive that's like, I'm fucking fabulous every day of my life. Like, no, that doesn't exist. Like, we, it's something in our hormones. It's something in us as humans. Like, we're never going to feel 100% perfect all the time. I think it's like finding the balance of like, mm, that person has that thing that I want. But you know what? This thing that I have is good enough. And yeah, if you want to buy whatever it is that that other person has, there's nothing wrong with that either. But I also think that there's a fine line between like doing stuff for self-esteem and doing stuff because you want to be someone that you're not. Mm, And I think that comes with therapy. Yeah. I think it's, that is something important to talk about because I feel like there's such a, I got, see, I got criticized the other day for going to therapy for so long and quote unquote, having nothing to show for it. But the thing is, number one, I do have something to show for it. Number two, you do need it even when you're doing fine yeah. because life is a roller coaster. You have ups and downs. You don't just go for a handful of times and then get a stamp of mental health, you know? And I talk about it a lot too, cause I have de- really bad depression. Mm-hmm. Like talking about mental health, like first of all, if you have mental health issues, you're not broken. So you don't need to be fixed. But also if you do have issues, like there is no fix. You're always, if you have mental health problems, you're always going to have, if you're an addict, you're always going to be an addict. That doesn't just go away. It doesn't just shut off. So you always have to work on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you know this, but I got diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder. I didn't know that. Did yeah. you post about it? Yeah. It, it's hard to continue posting about um, mental health stuff, especially when it's personal, because you're always going to be met with um, the judgments. Uh, the judgments are different. Like I, I get a lot from men specifically like, oh, you're not mentally ill. You're not bipolar. Mm. Oh, no, I just take lithium just for fun, like mm. just for the attention, you know. So sometimes I don't post as much just because uh, being mentally ill, there's I, I have a very like 
limited capacity for that kind of like behavior when I'm talking yeah. about something that is my life. You're vulnerable. Mm. That's my thing too is like the feeling of when you post something vulnerable and then you get people that are like, oh, just do this. It fixed me. It helped me. And it's like, okay, if I could have just had an easy fix like that, I would have done that. Mm. I, when I posted about my heart surgery, I had so many people messaging me like, oh, well, my grandma did this and she was fine. I'm like, well, cool, but I'm not your grandma. I don't have that same thing. Like feeling that feeling of like people are trying to fix you. Oh my God, there is a term for what you're talking about. And I can't remember what the term is, but I remember that like the state that they are where they're giving unsolicited advice about something they know very little about. It's Mm -hmm. called uh, Mount Stupid. So (laughs) it's a slope where like basically... If we know a little bit about a topic, Mm -hmm. we are so overconfident and kind of think that we know it all, Mm -hmm. where the more we actually learn, the less that we realize we know. So it's kind of a slope that goes in the shape of a U. Absolutely. So the uh, the more you know and learn, the more you're like, oops, I don't know about this. And then you keep learning and learning. The slope goes back up to a confidence of like, yes, I actually have an education in this. I'm sure anybody who's listening now will know what the term is. I always forget what it's called. There's a term for it. Oh, it's not called Mount Stupid. No, (laughs) Mount Stupid is just the point, uh, the top of the U graph where you think you know everything, but there's a term for the whole thing. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. I'm going to Google it when we're done. Ooh, at Cosmic Cherry Dreams asks, how does she deal with creative ruts? Send help. That's hard. That's hard, man. (laughs) Everybody deals with that differently. Yeah, sometimes you've got to take a break. Um, Okay, so here's the thing. Sometimes when you get into creative ruts, you're depressed, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, you just don't feel it. You don't feel the fire in your heart and it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you can, and there, you have a little bit of energy and you feel like you want to create something, I would say do anything. Mm-hmm. So for me, if I don't know what to paint conceptually, I'll just paint anything. So that's why I started doing eyes. Oh. Um, I thought to myself, I love doing portraits. I don't really know what I want to paint right now. Oh, I have like all these little canvases. Maybe I'll just do a bunch of eyes. Yeah. Um, so doing studies is a really good way to start feeling a little bit more creative and still work on your technique and um, just keep yourself working, like mm-hmm. keep painting or uh, I don't know what medium you work in. I'm just going to say painting. Um, but yeah, just just keep painting like whatever it is. Work on hands, work on um, pets or something like that. It doesn't you don't have to keep creating things that are all meaningful like it doesn't have have to to, all be masterpieces it doesn't have to have meaning it just do yeah yeah well you see a lot of the time like when galleries do uh like featured artists like I went to a gallery in in uh, Rome that was doing a feature on Michelangelo and you or uh, sorry da Vinci and you saw all of the just like little sketches that he did that were just like little throwaways well and now they're da Vinci so they're not just throwaway sketches anymore but you see that like you see that process when you look at artists like their scope of work. And even like Van Gogh had the same thing where he would just do like little sketches of whatever. I think every artist should have a sketchbook. I hate drawing and I feel like I'm not that good, but I'll like, yeah, I don't let people see my sketchbook. But yeah, uh, keep a sketchbook, do tiny, like even if it's just markers or crayons or something like that, doing mm-hmm. tiny little studies, it's it's just so good. It's kind of like, you got to work that artist muscle in you. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to keep it like fresh and keep it going. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything artistic, like for me, if I don't do hair for a while and I get my hands on someone's hair, I'm like, oh, this feels weird. And you don't ever want it to feel weird. Well, I think in modern days, you know, the time we're living in now, the time we're living in now, there's just such an overwhelming pressure for art to be overwhelmingly meaningful. Totally. And not only that, like 
easy to understand to the point where it's spoon fed to the viewers, Mm -hmm. I feel like. So with that, there's a lot of pressure to create something that's new and exciting and that can be overwhelming. And that is something that can defeat me when I'm trying to figure out what to paint Mm -hmm. is like, I don't know what's going to speak to people. That's the thing. I feel like that is just making content. Mm. Like everything is like everyone wants everything to be like perfectly photoshopped and perfectly curated and perfectly this and that. And I'm like, you know, my eyebrows just look good today. Mm-hmm. I just want the world to see my fabulous eyebrows. So social media and just media in general has like oversaturated everything artistic. I agree. So now it's like everything has to be really good because you're set up to this impossible standard. But also like by whose standard is art good? Right. It's like I, talking about like the Grammys or the Emmys or the, like all these award shows. Like, who is anybody to judge? Like, movies and music—that's all art. Well, everybody has a different appetite for art, but I think that with anything that's mainstream, we kind of think of the the Instagram aesthetic, mm-hmm. right? With what you were just talking about, um, which I feel like is a little bit brainwashing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I feel like we're trained to see beauty as one type of way. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like. Because it's all photos and it's all so over photoshopped, I don't think people see beauty in reality anymore. Like I see beauty when I see, like when I look at James and I see his crow's feet, that to me is beautiful and sexy, but Mm. that's not like a traditional or a conventional beauty, especially now because everybody photoshops all that stuff away. Or when I have facial clients that have freckles or stretch marks, things that like everybody just photoshops into oblivion. Yeah. Instagram has definitely changed and everybody wants to look like the same Kardashian human. Yeah. So creative ruts. So you say just power through it. Try. I say do studies. Okay. I say do just paint whatever, pick something. Um, j- just keep working and, and just do different studies, like work on your technique and uh, the meaning or the creativity that you feel like you're lacking will find you. All right. Monica Alexandra, Tazen said, do you ever deal with the need to be creative, but lack of motivation and or inspirations? And what do you do to deal with it? Yeah, every day. You know, we live in a a time where a grind culture, Mm -hmm. um, especially for artists, is um, so suffocating. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I have found that if I don't want to work a day, I will sleep. I I will find excuses to end the day at 2 p.m. and get in bed. And I find the more I'm nice to myself and my mental health and my capacity and I remind myself that my art is for me and it comes from me, Mm -hmm. then that kind of that pressure has gone away. But I've really had to be more disciplined with thinking that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel the same in making content. Like if I have something that is paid that I know I have to get this content out at this deadline, I'm like, oh, that's the worst feeling. But then when I have, like, when COVID first happened and everything shut down, I was like, I have nothing paid, no projects. That's when I started making TikToks like crazy. I was like, I'm feeling all this inspiration because I don't have to. Yeah. Just because I want to. It's funny what you'll produce when you are not forced to. I feel like the people who can squeeze out that creativity toothpaste tube Mm -hmm. are the type of people who are very good with um, branding, capitalism, and Mm. um, knowing their audience. Mm -hmm. Like the shepherd fairies and the like the the artists that get really the banksies even though (laughs) yeah i mean he's a perfect example of like if you don't give meaning to people like they're gonna find their own meaning totally i think he did like a a stunt once where 
he just had someone sell his art like on a blanket on Venice Beach. And people were like, ah, I wouldn't pay 20 bucks for that. And then some girl did. And then it was like, by the way, that's a Banksy. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, no, wow. it's worth like $20,000. Oh, just to see like what value people put on art before they know that it has value. Mm-hmm. It's like an interesting, that's the thing I like about Banksy. He does so many of those like human experiments using his art. Yeah, I think because he is a, considered a street artist, he doesn't get the credibility that he truly deserves. Oh my God, did you see when he shredded his art? In that? uh, that's my favorite oh thing my he's God. ever done. I talk about my hatred for capitalism all the time, and like especially when it's uh, when it contains art and fine art, and and how I'm talking about how Banksy doesn't get the credibility that he deserves because he is a um, a street artist. Mm-hmm. That that I think that truly is like the best thing that he's ever created. Mm-hmm. At Bunny V Boss Lady asked, your house is amazing. Do you consider it always a work in process? Yeah, man, it's, it's something. You're always doing something to it. Yeah, I, we really are. We're doing something this weekend, too. Um, it's always something that, because I'm always looking at it, mm-hmm. I find things that I could correct or I get oh. inspired that I could change it. Well, like your, I know your appliances, you just did, what, what is it behind your refrigerator? I saw Oh, it's my Nicolas Cage summoning <laughs> oh, circle. That's right. <laughs> it's got like a pentagram with Nicolas Cage in yeah. the middle of it. <laughs> I love it. If you haven't seen Kelly's house, go to any of her social medias, you will see her house is, it looks like a candy colored amusement park playground. I don't even, how would you describe your house? Well, I don't know because it's, it's kind of like a living art installation and I want people to feel like when they come in, they've kind of stepped into my mind and kind of how, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I think when people look at it, they think it's like just an aesthetic, like of, oh, kawaii or like it's pink, it's, it's Barbie, but it's really like how I feel inside. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, a tribute to like what goes on in my heart. So that's just another one of your creative outlets. Yeah. I, I mean, really everything, your fridge, your stove, your, like you had, you got a tea set that was metal or something and you painted it all pink and like all pastel color. I mean, literally everything in your house is painted. Yeah. And I, I mean, I told you before we came in that I was trying to, um, we're in the process of buying a house, mm-hmm. which is so Can hard. Can you imagine restarting? Like getting well, I, a new space to do all that? Too? I do. So part of that gives me anxiety and it does make me a little sad. But I also think like when I have a bigger space, I want to do this and create this. Like I have all well, these things. Well, when you own, you can do construction too. Exactly. So there's so many things you can do more creatively. Yeah. And I, I actually look forward to the opportunity to start over and do things bigger and better and uh, just finding new little, new little ways of expressing myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'll be so exciting seeing you in a new space. Well, I want to buy something like a church or something. Cool. I know. Katy Perry did that. She had oh, a hard time did? doing it. Oh. Yeah, I guess the like the sisters fought her. I, it was some weird legal oh, battle. Oh, because they're so Christian or yeah. something? I don't know. That would be cool, though, to buy an old church. And I think it was in L.A. that she bought that yeah, church. Yeah, there, there's a couple I've had my eye on that are really cool. <laughs> a couple churches I've had couple my churches. eye on. No big deal. <laughs> All right. Last question is from at Katie Yamaguchi Designs. I'm so happy you've gotten back into painting. Do you have any goals for your future art? I would really like to try to show in more galleries. Mm. One thing I regret with my art is keeping my art in my back pocket through you know, the, the past 10 years when I've been doing you know, modeling and cosplay because I always felt like people didn't really care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably, I mean, there is some truth to that a little bit, but I think that's mostly my insecurity. So that's something that I want to overcome. And I just want to get more into the art scene mm-hmm. and um, do bigger projects, meet other artists. I really want to take more workshops. Oh. 
Um, there's an artist. Her, she goes by Slevinson on Instagram, but she's really famous for doing lace, and she's amazing. So, um, yeah, I just want to improve my technique, and I just want to um, get my art in front of more people. I feel like that's a, a lofty goal. Yeah. The other thing, I would really just love to, like, hear what people think and feel about my art aside of that's so cool it looks good you know like I just would love the opportunity to hear like like have real critiques yes oh Mm -hmm. my god I miss having critiques yeah yeah I mean your art makes me feel happy when I see it thanks really I like I love seeing even just your eyeballs but I've always loved your art like I've always wanted to see more from you Thank you. So Charity. I'm really glad you're getting back in. Thank the you bar. very much. And I'm glad to know that like that's so much a part of you. You never know, like you know, when you're just friends with people online and you see what they do and you wonder, like, is this just a thing or is that like really what they do? Like, I didn't realize that art was like so much a part of who you were. Yeah. So I feel like I've learned a little bit about you. Yeah. Today. <laughs> Yay. Well, that's it. That's all the questions I have and all the spiels I have. Is there any last thing you want to say about art, your art, or art in general? Um, last things. If I have something to say about art, I would talk to any other you know, people who are listening who are artists at any capacity. This is going to sound so cheesy, but like, you got to just do art, you know, just for you, even if you're the only person who sees it, even if you are in a rut or you're depressed, like you, art is such a beautiful, I mean, it's the reason I live, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful outlet. And I feel like it's therapeutic on so many, like so many different levels. And I feel like it's, the most beautiful thing that humans could do and mm-hmm. produce. So. Think about this world without art. Not even no. fine art, but music, theater, movies. Like, they always say, I, I've seen this thing a lot lately on social media, how, you know, the government funding, they don't want to put it towards the arts anymore. Yeah. They've taken out all these arts programs. But think about the world without art. Like, people devalue how much art, like, the, the real human value of art. And we can't live as humans without art. I agree. Hey. All right. Well, thanks for being my guest. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This was so much fun. This is my first podcast. I know. I'm, I am so honored. I feel like I'm taking so many podcast cherries on this podcast. So no pun intended. <laughs> All right. So everybody listening, as always, don't be an asshole. And until next week, here's me waving like a maniac. Bye, guys. Bye.